This month, Streaming Things is brought to you by our super Patreon supporters, Chester Copperpot, Jade, Jillian Morgan, Aaron Layton, Andrew Gray, Casey McCain, Crystal Trujillo, Jen Robinson, John Collins, Kalisha Reeves, Kate, Kiki Newton, and Will Nash. Kick. Welcome back. My name is Chris. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things, the one podcast to rule them all. And in the RSS feeds, Biden them. Mm. This episode, we're going to be talking about uh, the Rings of Power, episode six, Udun. And uh, pleased to talk about it. What, what was that episode title, Chris? Udun. How would you like to say it? Udun. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, was <trying> to, <laughs> I was trying to get you to go flame of Udun. No, I was going to do that later. Oh, okay. Sorry, I don't want to step on your. I don't want. To, I don't mean. Flame to, I, don't want to, of undun. I didn't mean to step on your thunder. I'm sorry. Forgive me. You stepped on my udun. <laughs> sorry, I'm scooping your undun. I feel like when Gandalf said it, there was kind of an in there. You know, undun is how I always thought of it. But Not maybe yet. he said flame of undun, and I, you know, we caught the to, moment as I was. Yeah, we could research this, but you know, no. we're already we're already here. So well, I'm just gonna say stuff like I always do. Yeah, we just finished watching. Episode six, we're going to give our overall thoughts and then break down a play by play scene by scene as we do. And then tread on into our second breakfast where we mm. talk about different lore tidbits or references to Lord of the Rings uh, as a as a whole that we found. Uh, and then just journey, ju- keep journeying on forth as uh, Frodo and Sam did once upon a time into our old Toby section and find the three finest scenes in the South farthing. Mm-hmm. Talk about our three favorite moments in the episode. And then finally cap it off with the uh, one performance to rule them all. Our favorite performance of episode six. That is what we do. Welcome to all of you. We love you. Oh, so much. We're glad that you're listening. Got a bunch of rings of power and house of the dragon emails still flooding in. We'll use those for our final mailbag at the end of our coverage of these two shows. Probably right. Yeah, it's, and that's coming up. Only a couple more weeks for each show. I think uh, it's the third week of October is when these episodes, or when, when these seasons end. I think so. I uh, think so. Yeah. Exciting times to be a nerd. I tell you what. Mm-hmm. I tell you what. By the way, we also got a lot of messages on Patreon, tweets, DMs, uh, some of them inappropriate. Instagram messages? Yeah, yeah. And emails talking about, uh, hey, please continue your coverage of Andor, which we asked you to do if you were interested in that. We heeded that. However, the downloads of the episode... Do not echo the excitement of of some of the people that wrote in, but we're still going to do it. I just think maybe we'll do every three episodes. We'll do a breakdown. Yeah, it won't be weekly and and or drops in a weird time of the week for us to cover. Like we even if we covered it, the episodes wouldn't be able to come out. Our episodes wouldn't be able to come out until like Monday or Tuesday, which is right before the newer episode. Yeah, it'd be late anyway. So what we decided to do is we're going to do a quarterly and or check in. There Mm -hmm, is a mm -hmm. and or is 12 episodes long. So every three episodes we will do a. um, a review of the three episodes. Yeah, but just be aware we are watching it and uh, very much enjoying the show. Uh, Steve is a Star Wars guy from way, way back. Mm-hmm. And he's taking good notes on all the Easter eggs and stuff that, are, that we're seeing throughout the Star Wars universe. So do not fret. Do not fear. Don't we, fret, Boba Fett. No, 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 no. Don't be doing that. And keep your eyes peeled for what we should do next after, you know, end of October. 
Actually, I just fucking had a great idea, Stephen. Oh shit! Right here, live oh. podcast, guys. Settle in. I know. This I is- talked about HBO's The Idol, and Steve looked at me aghast because he probably isn't going to watch it. But <laughs> what if I made him? And then he's like, "Ah, oh, okay." Uh, but uh, Guillermo, del- Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities comes out. I think October twenty fifth. I want to say. It's an eight episode Netflix show uh, with different directors each episode and just weird Guillermo del Toro stuff. Like, is it like a nice little Halloweeny spoopy? Yeah, it's going to be spoopy. It's going to have uh, an anthology esque, you know, horror bonanza. It might be really, really fun. Um, I know Anna Lily Emmerpour directed one episode. She did The Bad Batch and A Girl Walks Al- uh, Home Alone at Night. Um, there was like a, a DP on a bunch of del Toro movies that got to direct an episode. Um, David Goyer wrote one of the episodes. Oh, interesting. So yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Um, so maybe something like that. I don't know. I know it's not going to be for another month, a couple months, but, uh, I really want us to cover the last of us. That's the show that I'm going to be championing. Oh, that won't be till next year. Right? I know. Yeah. It will early next year. I think. Yeah. We'll definitely be covering that. Yeah. And actually my goal, this is my goal. It's a goal. You heard it here. Third. You heard it here. Third. <laughs> <laughs> I have never played the last of us game, uh, or the sequel. What? I've tried multiple times. It's very scary. It is very I've scary. seen the opening sequence uh, where he loses this, you know, you know what? Yeah. It's very sad. Yeah. Like four times. That's how many times I've tried to play it. And every time I'm like, this is good. No. <laughs> Get to the clickers and I'm like, I wish somebody was in the room with me while I do this. Anywho, my goal is to play the game before mm-hmm. the show comes out so I can like talk with you guys on it intelligently. Yeah. Based off the trailer that they released this week, I think the show is going to be incredibly faithful to the game. Um, yeah. It to, the, good. to the point where the song, the trailer song was, I think the first trailer for the game was that really? song. Yeah. That was a good cut then. Um, and then they use like the clicker noises from the game and yes. everything, but uh, I'm really excited for it. Those games, I know they're video games guys, but seriously, like it's probably one of the best narrative, both those games, both last of us part ones and two are probably the best narratives in any, any medium in the past, like decade 20 years it's really fucking good i've thought about starting like a twitch thing and playing the game live for people the first, first time. time yeah and they're all like oh i go wait till you get to this part and i'll be like oh but i won't be as scared if i feel like there's digital friends maybe maybe digital friends if you guys want to be a digital friend of chris while he plays the last of us let us know yeah let me know if you'd like to hang out with me while i play video games ever because <laughs> there's a bunch of big ones i've never played that everybody loves like red dead 2 oh red dead 2 is another great narrative. i want to be a cowboy so bad yeah i'm gonna listen to uh what's a kid rock the whole time i play that game oh don't do that cowboy baby <laughs> don't do that no 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 and the sun starts shining you know what i'm saying I do know what you're saying. <laughs> I'm just gonna have that on repeat while I play Red Dead Two. All ball with right. a ball to dang a dang to bang to bang bitty or bitty something. bitty up chuck the boogie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, look at this photograph. Wait, that's, that's Nickelback. Wrong song. <laughs> oh well. Every time I do it, makes me laugh. Hey, you know what? Don't insult Nickelback by comparing them to Kid Rock. That's <laughs> uh, fair. Yeah. That's actually fair. Yeah. All right. Diving into our coverage. Steve, what did you think of episode six? Um, this episode was dope. Uh, it, you know, it was fire. It was it, the flame of Undun. You know, whenever Lord of the Rings has a big, a big epic battle, like whenever they're, they're deciding, you know what we need right now is a big epic battle mm-hmm. here in Middle Earth. We all, anytime they do a big epic battle, it is big it is epic Mm. it is a battle it is glorious we all love it like some of the best most hype moments in anything lord of the rings has been your helm's deeps your battle of uh minas tirith your battle at the black gate you know charge of the rohirrim charge of the rohirrim you know 
the, these the Pelennor fields, my guy. Exactly. And you know, this, this or battle, something. I'm not a nerd. This battle granted didn't, wasn't like the stakes weren't as high. Cause it's just like a bunch of orcs attacking a village. Right. And the but scale was smaller. The too, scale yeah. was smaller, but you still got some really, really great action, some really dramatic, you know, human monologues of like, what is honor and what is the light and the dark and all that stuff we all love about Lord of the Rings. And, you, and, you know, it was shot beautifully. The choreography was great. It looked great. Um, and it was a lot of fun, it, but it was one of these things like this whole, um, this whole season we've been saying rings of power is good. We just wish it would just speed up, you know, it would just get to the point. And this yeah. is the point I've been wanting them to get to for a couple episodes now. I still think there's been like an episode we could have just completely lost <laughs> behind us. We could yeah. have just not even had that episode and we would have been fine being here, but I understand they, they, they want to fill eight episodes, but, uh, um, I wish we would have gotten here sooner, but now that we're here, I'm so happy that we are. Cause yeah, it's we started at the bottom. Here. Now we're here. Now we're here. We're now at, all, we're at a big Epic battle. Now the whole team here. Yeah. I've seen a lot of talk online about, you know, the different camps and, you know, a lot of people think the show is slow. Some people are pretty mean about it. And then a lot of its defenders are like, Hey, you guys are just dumb. Uh, you know, the, the pacing you've been ruined by binge watch culture. You can't keep an attention span week to week. Um, I think there's some truth to that, even though, again, that was mean. Uh, I don't like mean on either side. If you, if you can't tell, but I think that you have to pace the show a certain way for week to week as well. And Mm -hmm. like back in the day when that was the standard, there was a different style, um, to the show pacings, right. And binge models are styled a different way. Like stranger things are alma mater. Uh, (laughs) they end each episode in a way knowing that you're going to click right on the next one. And so you can have these kind of set up slower episodes that maybe not a whole lot happens because you can just, all right, well get us, get a sandwich and keep on trucking, baby. Right. And, and that's totally fine if they wanted to structure the show that way, but release it in a binge model. If that was the way you wanted to, other people have said, and this may be true. This is simply a love letter because this is essentially fan fiction. They don't have the rights to any of this shit. Just a love letter to lovers of the books. And like the books are very, some might say boring, very plotting, very meticulous with moments of climax, you know, truncated between long periods of R and R, um, L O T R and R. So I don't know. I think that's, that may be, maybe true. Bezos has got enough money where he can just be like, look, man, I just made this so I could watch it. This is my extra space money. Yeah. You know, I don't give a shit. I made a spaceship ship like a dick. Do you think I care about what you guys think? I make my employees <laughs> piss in a bottle. I don't care what you piss about online. Not at all. Not at all. What did you think of this episode, Chris? I loved it. This is what I've been waiting for. Uh, it's not perfect, but very few things are, you know, mm-hmm. it was a great episode. I had a fucking blast. Um, like you said, it, things have, have ramped up to where I'm on the edge of my seat now. And it's not just action. I want to be clear about that. I'm not like a, I don't want my Lord of the Rings show to be fast and furious, right? It's just um, all about family. <laughs> I think that certain plot points just moving forward. Like we talked last week a little bit about them ending on the boat from Numenor twice, you know, mm-hmm. episodes four and five, stuff like that. Like I just want, I love character interactions and that, and it's in fact what I wanted to see more of than anything. I want to see Aaron Deer talk to Bronwyn. I wanted to see Aaron Deer meet Galadriel. Um, things like that is what I'm really, really looking forward to. And I got a lot of that in this episode. We didn't get to see the Harfoots at all. No Harfeets. This is the second episode with no Harfeets. Yeah. We've had twice no Harfeets. Which is interesting. I think they're really doing their best to pace out that stranger reveal for the finale. Well, they know. 
I think they know they don't. There's not a lot of juice you can get out of a character that just goes constantly. So they have to pace him out as much unless they reveal it early. They have to. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like they want to end the season with that reveal or closer to the end of the season. Everybody hype for season two, baby. You know, the Harfoots are just hard feet across the the countryside. We don't really need to see them until they're going to the Grove. Yeah. The Grove. You know, we don't need to see them until they either get there or the stranger actually, you know, is revealed as of something. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have to show that, why, why bother looking at them? Really? Uh, I want to see them again though. And I'm really curious to see what the uh, cult of Sauron is up to, which is what those three guys were. I think. Is that what they're officially called? I read some stuff about it. I don't know. I don't know, but that's, they seem to be henchmen of Sauron is the online consensus. Mm, okay. Um, but yeah, let's dive right into this episode. It opens with a scary glove, a, a spiked gauntlet and greaves. And then I was like, that's certainly the, the glove of a villain. There's no doubt. No hero wears a glove like that is what I was thinking to myself. Nay, nay. Yeah. And then it cut to the other hand. No hero has nails like that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. They're, if they're going to be that long, that's fine. But they got to be polished, well-kempt. No, those are scary nails. A beautiful sheen to them, a nice color perhaps. At least a gloss. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, somebody who takes some care with their hands. But no, this was a villain. In fact, it was Adar's hands. He's just reaching around the dirt and whatnots. He is in need of a manny. Maybe even possibly a petty. I, yeah, I, I can assume if that's what his hands look yeah. like. Oh my God. When he's trudging around middle earth, your boy needs it. You imagine him walking bootless into the camp. All the people from Numenor would be like, girl, come here. <laughs> we need to take care of those. Holy shit. Before we do anything else. Give me them pinkies. Let me take care of them. <laughs> and he gives all the orcs a pep talk. He does like a, a Braveheart speech to the orcs. Uh, and, and we cut to, there was this hilarious moment where we're, we're panning across all these beautiful orcs cause they they're great practical effects. They're scary. They're awesome. Uh, and then it gets to fucking Waldrig, <laughs> which was hundred percent intentional. And he's just looking and feeling every bit out of place as he looks. Uh, I love that moment. I feel like I don't belong here. Uh, he should, what, he should have just went like, ah, ah I'm scary as well. Nampat. 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 And they look at him like, no, 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 that's our word. Yeah, you don't say that. You don't say that, man. Uh, I think Adar, I just want to say this. I think Adar is a fascinating character. Uh, one of the most of any of the Lord of the Rings, even the actual original trilogy. I think the idea that he... Um, is an elf that went over to, you know, one of the original orcs or whatever. We'll talk, talk about that later. Uh, it worked for Sauron, but doesn't anymore. He kind of resents Sauron. He has his own thing. He's kind of a zealot, a fanatical orc who wants to lead his own band of orcs to salvation. Uh, Uruk. Sorry. Yeah, specifically. He's Uruk. an Uruk, but yeah, they're, they're Uruk. orcs. You know what I'm saying? I know, but he's an Uruk. He doesn't which, like it when you call him an orc. Uruk literally means orc, which is ironic. Uruk. <laughs> it's just a different word for orc because <laughs> Uruk high means orc folk. Doesn't matter. Uh, I think he's a fascinating character, though. I like the character of Adar quite a lot. What do you think? No, 100% agree. He's he's definitely one of my top favorite characters of this show. Like literally he's when he, whenever he is able to kind of chew the scenery and kind of be his at ourself, it's, it, it, it's just, just it's captivating. It's a very captivating performance and it's so interesting. I, we've said it before, but it's so interesting to have a character in the world of Lord of the Rings that actually genuinely cares for the orcs and is like, yeah, that's what's so refreshing. They're not just like red shirts. Yeah. in in his eyes. Yeah. Um, he wants to like their people. They deserve a homeland. That's all he wants. In he fact, wants a homeland he gets, for the orcs. He gets threatened later with uh, possible torture of the orcs. And he's like, mm, I spilled the beans. Those are my babies. You come at me however way you want, but don't you dare 
hurt my babies. I am a mama lion. I'm a lioness <laughs> protecting her cubs. We're going to throw them in the sunlight. And he's like, no, only I do only that. Only I do that when I'm being philosophical, okay? Mm, that's it. I can abuse my kids. You can't. That's it, which I get. Uh, we, <laughs> we cut to um, them attacking the tower, right? And uh, Adar recognizes the thing, which we later find out is a keyhole. It's like oh, the like statue, swordy looking thing. Yeah, he's like, "Ooh, that's what I came for, right there, baby." Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're all looking pretty suspicious. Like, uh, no one's in the tower. It's, it's seemingly evacuated. They all fled, my lord, sissies. I can smell him. Mm, the elf I, still here. I smell at least one elf. Mm-hmm. Keep looking. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Keep looking. He said, "Maybe he's up on the roof." He said he smells him. <laughs> I can too. He pretended he could too because he wanted to be cool. Yeah, me too. I really, I can only smell myself. <laughs> Very stink. I and haven't then, bathed in a while. And then Aaron Deer takes down everything by himself. He shoots, he's got it all planned out. He shoots the rope with the flaming arrow, knocks down the tower, which is a very, very misplaced tower. Like it's barely holding up, mm-hmm. right? By one rope, just all that's keeping it from pure destruction. <laughs> and then he's like, shoots the other thing and it pulls the log and it shuts the door. I mean, he's got it all. Them His, all in there. It turns into fucking home alone. Yeah. Elven home alone. <laughs> I would love to see Aaron Deere version of home alone where it's like Joe Pesci and the wet bandits are trying to break trying into, to get into the house. tower. <laughs> you filthy animals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was an awesome scene. I, you know, I've said it many times. I love elves doing elf shit because they're such superior beings and so graceful. It's uh, so talented. Yeah, I love his, he does like some sweet like vaulting jumps around and. He does. And sometimes it's not necessary, but you got to do it with a flourish. It's like Legolas on the shield in Helm's Deep. Mm-hmm. So you got to surf that shield, baby. No reason for that, but it's cool. Mm-mm. But I mean, it's incredible because he, it seemed, seemingly like at first I, I was, and this is kind of a weird edit thing in this episode, but like seemingly like at first you get shots of like. Um, the long trail of torches, seemingly all these, not all the orcs are in the castle, but then when he starts demolishing the castle you don't you don't see any torches on the road anymore so you think oh are they all in there but then it cuts to a wide and there's like a couple of them down like a further trail that the the tower kind of falls down yeah and it was a little confused like how many did they get did they get everybody did they didn't get everybody those are really the only um nits that i have to pick with this episode is some editing choices uh every time that i can think about like oh it was an editing choice ultimately at the heart of it uh but i'll get more into that in a little bit Mm -hmm. Uh, we cut to the fucking boat that we wish they would get off of. Right? Oh, well, we miss Bronwyn and the rest of the refugees are not there at the tower. And she's like, we have to go back to the village. Oh, was there a scene with them already? Yeah, because when the tower falls, all the refugees are kind of at the they're at the base of the mountain. And they're like, yay. Oh, we did it. it. And she's <laughs> like, all right, we got to go back to the village. It's the last place they look for us. Yeah, where we live. <laughs> They'll never find us. We had this great garrison we could have defended. But, you know, let's go to the tavern. Yeah. It's That's a place where keep. everybody knows your name. That's, it's the cheers. It's the cheers. Of the They're town. just in there wasted when the orcs oh, show up. Oh shit, guys, we left Norm in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> we forgot to get Norm. We're going to challenge the orcs to a drinking contest. Every time you say Nampat, we do a shot. Nampat. <laughs> Fireball cinnamon whiskey. <laughs> Flame of old, dude. <laughs> All right. And we cut to the, the boat. And uh, Isildur's on there shoveling shit. He's feeding his horse an apple and then taking a bite of the apple. He's like one of those guys that gives their dog a spoon of peanut butter and then eats the rest of it off the same spoon. 
This, oh my gosh, you guys know I'm not a huge fan of the East Isildur plot. In this like minute and a half, I went through so many emotions because he's got his apple and then he gives the apple to the horse. I'm like, oh, he's being nice. Feeding his little horse he's boy. He's taking care of the horse. He's a good stable boy. And then he bites the apple. I'm like, gross. But all right, maybe he's just really chill with his horse. And then he goes up on the deck of the ship and then just chucks the apple. Yeah, like the horse would have 100% wanted to eat the rest of that apple. Like, you're on a boat, man. You gotta, yeah, food is finite. Food is very important. You just don't throw that. She just don't, done. It definitely wasn't a honey crisp, but he would have had to finish that. No, not at all. Best apple by far. But after he throws the apple, he runs into Galadriel. She's standing at the, I don't know if it's the prow or the stern or starboard or fore aft. We've talked about this, but she's over there. She's looking at the sunrise that's happening. And she's like, oh, I thought all the soldiers were asleep. And he's like, oh, sorry, Commander. Uh, I like this scene because, A, we've never seen Isildur interact with with Galadriel. And I I want to say this potentially hot take. I kind of liked actually. No, I verifiably liked Isildur in this episode for the first time. Yeah, this was his best episode by far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I know I just went on that huge tirade about the Apple thing. But like once we got past the Apple thing, it was all aces from here on out. For yeah. Him. I like this chat with with him and Galadriel because he says, you know, she says, what is your rank? And he's like, stable boy. <laughs> and then sh- she went, oh, you just a little stable boy. <laughs> I, sho- <laughs> I shovel shit on the boat, which I respected him for because he, sh- he could have said, I'm like the highest ranking dude's son, mm-hmm. uh, but he doesn't. He wants to forge his own path as much as his friends give him shit for being a Nepo baby. Uh, he, you know, he, he rails against that. And she's like, uh, he's like, oh, I, I fought to be on this boat. And she's like, oh, for what? You know, and he's like. Just get away. <laughs> and I was like, ah, he's sliding back and do a seal door shit. I feel like he's going to make a really good decision at some point later on in his life. But Galadriel says that the, the true heart of Numenor still lies inside of him, basically. Yeah. He says, hey, I don't like Numenor very much. It's not the same Numenor that I was told it was. And she's like, oh, it is. It's in it's in the heart of even the lowliest piece of shit, apple throwing, dumbass stable boy. And he's like, that's kind of offensive, but I see what you're getting at. Who, me? <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying. He like looks around like. If there was a person like that, that would be the heart of Numenor. Why are you coming at me so hard, Gladriel? <laughs> and then his uh, his dad, Alindiel, shows up and they have like a knowing like, hmm, you got out of bed early. You're supposed to be sweeping the staples. And he's like, oh, indeed. Walks away. And Alindiel and Gladriel chat for a moment. And uh, she asks him what happened to Isildur's mother. And uh, he avoids that question for a long while, talking about sunrises and sunsets, talking, you know, I'm used to I'm used to sailing my ship in the same direction quite often. We're sailing into the dawn, but to me, it feels like the coming of night. Mm. She drowned. <laughs> yeah. And then I thought he was going to avoid the question entirely. And then he, at the, he ends the convo with, oh, by the way, she drowned. I did hear you. I was just going to I want to say that first. I've been prepping this speech downstairs mm-hmm. all morning. I wasn't going to not say it, but if I said she drowned, it would have been awkward to say it afterward. Yeah. (laughs) When, when, when you have a tough pill for someone to swallow, you want to, you want to sweeten it with candy, right? Every time, even if it's confusion, I'm going to use this tactic whenever I do something troubling, you know, where I'm just going to be like, someone's like, Steve, how many uh, toes do you have? And I'll just like think for a moment and say, you know, sometimes when I look at the moon, the light of the earth illuminates my soul. And on this day, it illuminates my heart. I have nine. <laughs> Whenever I'm late for work and they accost me, Chris, where have you been? I'm going to, I'm going to try this. You know, the grass grows strongest where the light often doesn't touch. I had to get coffee. <laughs> I had to poop. 
And then we get a sweet transition of uh, the Queen Regent Muriel looking at a map and she's got like the little magnifying glass of some words in a language we don't know. I think it's Elvish. Uh, can't be sure. And then it's like it cuts to a scene inside the magnifying glass of Aaron Deer hammering away uh, at the blood sword at the yeah, the blood sword trying to like, not intellectually trying to destroy it. He's just hitting it with something. And he's like, ah, this is the, the this is the, the end of my art. <laughs> and they're like, ah, he's like hitting it with a rock. Mm, yeah. Thought that would work. It was a really, really cool transition. And um, I just, I just love it when characters in these type of movies, they have this otherworldly magical artifact and they're like, how do we destroy it? Maybe a hammer. Yes. I'll beat it with a hammer first. Hold on. One more thing. I've learned this from my great, great grandfather of from descended himself from the Valar. Let's hit it with a stick. You cannot destroy a blood sword with a stick. Everybody knows. Does anyone know a vampire? Maybe they can help us with this blood sword. What is this blood sword? This this black magic from Morgoth. Uh, but Aaron Deer is hammering away. It doesn't work. And the whole time Good you, effort. See, you see Theo like skulking in the background. Yeah, he looking like Gollum, like his the sword is his precious, which is 100% intentional. Another oh, why you hit my precious? Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't like taters. I hate taters. I'm so full of hormones. I want it raw and wriggling. Mm. <laughs> Wait a second. No one understands me. <laughs> I'm going to my room. <laughs> going to my room. He listens to Nirvana for sure. But uh, we have like a montage of the, of the, they're prepping to fight. Ready. Yeah. They're like forging whole ass new swords, which is impressive. I don't think they have time for that. All in a day. Yeah. Ting, ting. Got them. Got them. Sharpen them up too. Ting, ting, ting. Got this one. Still a little hot. Touch it though. It's quite cool. You people uh, create the um, oil that we can burn and like get the all the oiling stuff set up. You people plug up the orc holes so they don't get in here. Like everybody's got a job. Cut down some trees, make some two by fours so you can do that. Uh, I'm going to forge several swords. Uh, Three. That's all I have time for. Yeah. Not going to lie. Carl, you don't get one. This whole time, half of the Sharpen crew is just hanging out in the tavern the whole time because they're too old yeah. and young. I'm going to be really drunk. Not going <laughs> to lie. That's what he said. Best job in the whole camp. <laughs> <laughs> he said, take a shot every time we said non-pot. They said it 37 times that I could hear. I'm wasted. That's my job. I've only processed four of these shots. Good. good, good, Bronwyn, good I'm going to need a key bump Bronwyn. Alfred seeds to come up off this bar, actually. Bronwyn, good, good <laughs> news. I'm I've I the ale, the, the ale the in the tavern is, is still good. It's still, it's still good. Top notch. It's still good stuff. We don't have to worry about You're it being bad. Bullshit. How'd Nancy get in here? <laughs> Bullshit. Bullshit. And she tells Theo, you got to stay in the bar, in the keep. She's calling it a keep, but it's just a bar. And uh, he's like, I, I can fight. And she's like, I know you can. That's why I want you in here to protect all the weak people, which is like, he can't, right? You're one of the weak ones. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to protect him. I can fight. I know you can. Uh, but. Before, can you tell me the lullaby you would tell me before? Yeah, and there's this interesting moment where he says, hey, hey, mommy, you used to tell me something every time I was sad and scared as a kid. Can you say it again now? And she gives him this like long, eloquent Shakespearean speech. In the end, the shadow is such a small passing thing. Find the light and the shadow will not find you. And I have to be honest with you guys here. You might have you might have thought that was corny. You might have thought it was uh, is gauche uh, an appropriate word. I don't know. I don't know if gauche would be. It worked on me. I got the chills twice in this episode that I can think of. And once was when, uh, I, I, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's in a moment when um, uh, Aaron Deer gives his speech. He gets his little Braveheart moment as well. It worked on me. Just got to be honest about it. I liked Bronwyn's little lullaby thing. I wish she would whisper that to me when I get scared right before I go to bed, which is nightly. 
terrified. Yeah. Just, she just shows up like, Hey, I'm here. Um, yeah. The shadow she, will pass. She, I mean, thanks she, Bronwyn. She clocks in in the time card. Will you tuck me in? No, <laughs> I'm only here to say these words and That's then fair. I'm out. That's fair. I don't know you. You only had me for 15 minutes, but you're very pretty. Uh, and then he, uh, they do some bumps of Alfred seeds together. <laughs> it's in fact a tradition, an Elvish tradition to do, to rail Alfred seeds before every battle, a new life in defiance of death. That is the tradition. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, but I'm ready for war. Ready for war. I shoot better when I'm high. Oh, yeah. Uh, but no, he, he's actually going to plant them. Like replace the death with the life. I get it. You're about to kill a bunch of orcs. You need to plant some tomatoes just to make up for it. Same mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Insert gross planting seed joke here. Universe is balanced. <laughs> oh yeah. I wasn't going to go that. I wasn't going to go that route. And then we get a profession of love from Aaron Deer to Bronwyn. He's like, Hey, I'll raise your kid. I don't like him. He's a dork. I'm not going to love him, but I'll act like I do for his benefit. She's like, would you promise me? <laughs> really? I'm not the stepdad. I'm the dad that stepped up. That's right. <laughs> That's what he said. Essentially. That's what I heard. Uh, we cut to them just waiting for the orcs. There's this beautiful moment of tension. Bear McCreary's score is ramping up. The captions are on fire. Wind, whooshing, leaves, rustling, dags breath, rattling. trembling. <laughs> I just said dags rattling in the captions. <laughs> Don't go check. Just trust us. I do love that scene where they're just kind of, they're waiting for, they're, they're looking into the night sky. Anticipation. Right? Yeah. Anticipation. Beautiful shot, by the way. And really, when you see that first, that first light from the first It's torch, like a little flicker of a match in the that distance. comes up over the distance. That in and of itself was probably the, in a weird way, like to me, that was the spookiest part of the whole episode. When you see that first light, you're like, oh my God, that's them. And you see that there's still a shitload of orcs. Yeah, because that though one the tower torch took out a lot of them. Many more. Many. Yeah. I, w- I would say dozens. Yeah. There are dozens of us. Yeah. And that's dozens. What they, there are dozens of us. And we were like, fuck. That's what Nampat means. <laughs> dozens, dozens, dozens. <laughs> a baker's Nampat. That's right. Uh, and then, so it was kind of comical to me. I don't know why I made it funny. But Bronwyn's crouched there <laughs> behind a cart and her job is to light it. And she's trying to strike the, what's that stone called that starts fires? It's showing my idiot. Striking stone? I don't know. No, it's like a type of stone. Do I look like I've ever camped? No, but you should know these nerd things. I know I should because of all the fantasy novels I've Whetstone. read. Whetstone. No, that's how you sharpen swords. Striking stone. I mean, yes, but it's a type of rock, the man. Firestarter. Fuck. Right in. Streamingthingspod at gmail.com. And call, me, call me an idiot. But she's striking that motherfucker trying to get some sparks and start that fire. And she's standing there with a lady whose job seems to be to stand there. She has no weapon. And then the orcs jump over. Kill Teresa, who literally... Why doesn't she have a stick or a rock or, or why isn't she in the tavern? It's a flint. Flint. Don't write in. Don't write in. We'll do, but talk about something else. Uh, But yeah, why is Teresa standing there? Moral support. She's like, you strike it. You're doing so good. Bronwyn's like, my lady, will you be my hype person? (laughs) Why didn't she give her a a fork? Something. She just stood there. You know, she's not a trained professional. She's no, but I feel like my point is, I think she should have been in the keep with Theo. Maybe she didn't like Theo, and she was like, "Oh, you're in here." Or the the orc (laughs) just snuck up on him. They didn't see the orc coming, and she got taken by surprise. Oh, they're here already. Oh shit! Ooh, I was supposed to be in the bar. (laughs) Well, I mean, maybe I mean it's an orc. Maybe he they didn't expect a single orc to be like, "Oh, there's a wagon up on that hill." Yeah, let me go see if there's something weird. Oh, I smell a Flintstone. I like that show. Oh, I love huffing flint. (laughs) <laughs> that's what they, that's an yeah. orc drug. Yeah, they, they love it. They didn't know that. 
And then they spring the trap and they shoot the flaming cart toward them and it hits other flaming things and blocks them from the way they came. <laughs> the bleeding fools missed us. Mister, I Crunch. sound like Jason Statham. <laughs> sort of. It's a megalodon. <laughs> <laughs> Not a megalodon. It's a... Uh, is it a megalodon? Is that the from the movie The Meg? Meg the Meg, yeah. The Meg. Yeah, my son loved that movie. It's he, was, a megalodon. he was really into sharks briefly. Mm. So I had to watch The Meg a couple times. For a week, you'd say? Was he into a sh- into sharks for a week? Ah, Shark, shark Week. week. <laughs> <laughs> you can watch that on Discovery Plus. <laughs> That's not a, pl- a real plug. Uh, and then we cut to uh, Aaron Deer just, just shooting arrows from the roof. He's got other trained bowmen. I didn't know that this village had, but eventually he gets pulled off the it, roof. It was just one other trained bowman, right? I thought I saw a good three. Oh, okay. I thought there was just one other dude like, ah, I'm, hi, I'm Craig. I'm also an elf. Hello. He gave me some of these Alfred seeds. They really do give the ability to shoot a bow. Yeah. It's crazy. And, yep. That's, did you know Hawkeye puffs Alfred seeds before every Avengers movie? I did like, actually. Power? I know everything about Marvel. It's, I thought this scene, this battle was great, but it bothers me what's about to transpire. And we're skipping through some things because there was a lot of quick cuts and edits, a lot of stabbing and killing going on. There's a lot of action. Uh, the bloodiest Lord of the Rings thing maybe ever i think this episode um oh for sure but like literal blood <laughs> the most literal blood we've ever seen aaron Deere gets knocked off the roof right which is fine it was a really cool stunt super Falling cool off the roof was really really cool and then he stabs the guy with the, he does the legolas stabs him with his own with his arrow right that was nice but then he ends up running into like the arnold schwarzenegger of orcs uh like his head is you've been pushing too many pencils aaron Deere. <laughs> hope you don't have a rescue grenade to save you um and then He's, he's Uruk high. That's how tall he is. God damn it. I'm sorry. <laughs> but neither this orc nor Arendir have swords. It bothers me. No weapons. Why doesn't Arendir have a sword? Did he I, plan on using his bow the whole he time? He might have lost it when he fell off the roof. I like the fist fight, the bar brawl. That they, Maybe they were like, look, we're near a bar. This is how we got to do it. Right. This is just a brawl. We um, need to not look at the rest of the action that's happening on the other side of the tavern. <laughs> I'm just calling that guy Big Boy. That's what I think his name big is. Boy. He is a big boy. He is. So they do. They get into a fist fight. It's brutal. It's like a jail fight. One has a sh- Aaron there even has a shank uh, and they, they fight. He throws him into the well a bunch of times, starts choking him. He's already got a knife in his eyeball. He starts bleeding into Aaron Deer's mouth, which is super gross. Cause not only is it blood, it's orc blood, which I feel like is worse. That yeah, might, that might be judgy. It's orc eye blood too. So it's is like, eye blood even worse. You think it's probably I like mean, there's tears to this. There's regular blood. There's yeah, orc blood there's and there's, tears, orc eye there's blood. like some eye boogers in there possibly too, you know? Mm, yeah. It's, it's a, real leaky. Yeah. It's, <laughs> And this guy is not, bo- big boy is not bothered by not this at all. Like, just, I, don't, I don't even like that eye. <laughs> don't even use it. Funny story. Let me tell you, Bennett. I've been blind in this eye since I was nine years old. I was walking down the stream with me brother. I, I wanted a BB gun for Christmas and <laughs> we took it outside and my uncle was like, you'll shoot your eye out. And I did not pay attention. One Christmas, my dad got a lamp, see, shaped like an orc leg. My mom didn't like it much. Oh, it was very hot. <laughs> That's a Christmas story reference. <laughs> Did you think we would do Christmas story jokes in our Lord of the Rings coverage? Didn't Challenge see that accepted. one coming. <laughs> Only here on streaming things. But at the last moment, Bronwyn <laughs> saves Aaron Deer from getting stabbed in his eye. So, big, oh, dude. So something about big boy me, was thinking eye for an eye. Something about me is I hate eye shit. Like, don't touch my eyes. Don't go near my eyes. Oh, were you cringing the whole time? In movies when like there's like a needle going towards someone's yeah. eye or like anything about that. It's it. That's the thing that like I could watch the goriest fucking movie ever. 
won't be bothered. You do that, that shit where it's like, Oh, there's going to be a needle in your eye. How do you feel about thumbs and eyes? Not a fan, not a fan. Okay. I'll tell you what, not a fan. There is something more. How do you feel about kill bill when she grabs the guy's eye? Well, That was so quick and like, or not the guy. It was, it was a woman, but still. Yeah. But but that was so quick and like, that didn't bother me. It's the, it's the lingering shot of the needle getting closer and closer and closer. The kill bill. It's sad because that's her only other eye. (laughs) (laughs) That poor assassin. Yeah. Now she blind. (laughs) Was that Daryl Hannah's character? Yeah. Yeah. Like, dang. Poor girl. Poor girl blind now. She had two. Now she got none. Anyway, that's why you don't wear an eye patch. It just makes a target of your other eye. Yeah, you never <laughs> keep them guessing which one actually works. That's yeah, what I do. Put a glass eye in. See, yeah. you don't know which one works. They both do. Uh, and then, and then, uh, tell them. So they win the battle ostensibly, right? There's even the guy. He's got the funny hat on, and he goes it looks up like to Friar Tuck. Yeah, he goes up to Aaron Deer with his like. He's like leaning on the staff. He should have been in the bar as well. I guess they they had to be. They I couldn't know, be choosy. Was, that dude was kicking ass. He was stabbing. He was he was. Take he was the tip of the spear. A lot of these villagers came out. They came out charging with the spear, like for Frodo. And I was like, "What? He's not alive yet? That's weird." And the, so the guy's like patting Aaron Deer on the back. He's like, "More than a bit brave. More than a bit." And the Aaron Deer's like, "Thanks. I've been alive for like Thanks, six thousand years." Guy, what are you, <laughs> who are you? Don't touch me. Where's Bronwyn and my new son? That's what I want to know right now. Where's my new son? These Alfred seeds are wearing off. I need a nap. And then, but then the villagers start lamenting. That's what the caption said. Cause they start villagers lamenting. <laughs> Aaron Deer notices that the blood is human blood. He's like, I had some orc blood recently in my mouth. That doesn't look like what that is. I'm well acquainted with the taste of orc blood. And he licks it. And he's like, Nope, this is human blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. This, this is, is delish. Re- oh, you know, this is red too. Red. Not, See everybody? not orc blood. So they start peel, uh, peeling back helms and whatnot. And they, these are all the villagers that decided to work for Adar. So we've been fighting our own. Mm-hmm. Not really. They were on the orc side, but I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of a, that's a bleak thing. Like if you were in a, a little village like that and you were, you were tight with, I assume some of these neighbors, especially in the Yeah. It'd be like, world, Oh no, not Andy. Only, not only do you see, <laughs> no, yeah, Andy's not here cause he went to join Adar's group. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like if, if your friend, like they, they leave and you're, you have that worry like, Oh shit, they, they left us. They're probably dead cause the enemy killed them. Oh no, wait, they're f- killing us. That's, that's kind of a fucked up thing to go through. Which of our patrons do you think would join Adar? Should we name, should we name which patrons we think would join at our, that's what I'm, I'm um, challenging you to all do. of the $1 patrons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. None of our patrons would, cause all of our patrons see through the light. I think some of them would switch sides. Well, who, well, there's a couple Waldrigs in there. Oh, who's a Waldrig amongst us? I won't say. Oh, oh, so you want me to say it? You want to? You <laughs> want kidding. me to change my residence to under that bus? No, no, no. <laughs> I kid, I kid. I know Enza would be a staunch supporter right by my side, dude. Enza would be the fucking Arendir of that group. Yes, topping off or cops and I would think I'm probably Aaron Deer, but she'd be the no, you'd th- you'd be Theo. She'd be the Bowman <laughs> next to me. I'd be the guy that comes up at the end more than a bit. I'd be Teresa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> immediately, not even hold the weapon. Why are you out here? Actually, I don't know. I wanted to see what a flint, how a flint <laughs> works. <laughs> I never seen one. She in was action. teaching me how to start fires. In retrospect, not a great time. No, no. not a great time. Uh, but turns out it was an orc trick, which I didn't know they were capable. Well, they were capable of that under. <laughs> we have many tricks up our sleeves. Oh, the French orc. Uh, that is me. 
There's no more tricky orcs in the French one. By the way, apparently all French are orcs. <laughs> <laughs> I voted I, for Macron. I learned <laughs> I learned that today talking about a French film on TikTok. So many anti-French comments. I was like, what the fuck's going on right now? But any whoozle. Yeah, the orcs tricked them. They only sent the, the duds of the group to go fight in the initial battle. And the rest of the army comes running out. And this is where like some of the editing things happen for me. Like it already has happened. Like I didn't think they did a good job of... They could look like a lot more orcs were initially attacking. And then once they were all dead, it was like, oh, there's not that many there. Plus, when they ever saw Adar. Mm-hmm. And there's another editing kind of flub because all the orcs kind of they shoot arrows from the woods. Uh, a lot of the villagers die. They go into and including Bronwyn gets shot. They rush into the what she calls the keep. But again, it's just it's a, a bar. Mm-hmm. It's Waldrig's uh, watering hole. Watering hole. Yeah. WWH. Yep. Waldrig's watering hole. That's what he called it. We're going to rename this now that Waldrig. Uh, yeah, that's awkward. Did a Benedict Arnold on us. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so they start charging out and it looks like they're going to be beaten down the door any second. Uh, and they cut to inside the tavern and we get a long extended sequence of all the wounded, the dying. And they have to heal LeBron with Alfred seeds to pull the arrow out have some pep talks and tears, all kinds of stuff. And there's still not a, not a, any there's one guy like peeks out. And season work right outside the door. Oh, shouldn't have peeked. Uh, then now they know we're in here. <laughs> Where'd they go? <laughs> and there's another like four or five minutes of them inside the tavern, which again, I just think is an editing, an editing thing. Um, yeah, because it is a very long extended sequence of them really sort of doing the, you know, they're they're helping Bronwyn with her her arrow strike. You know, at first she's like, take care of the other guy, but fr- like, the Friar Tuck guy, but he's, yeah. he's, de- he's dead. He's dead. No he's need. Done so. Um, so I'm more they, than a bit dead. She's like, all right, more than a bit. Theo, you've got to stem the bleeding and take out the wound. And, and she's gushing like, like the that most- is the bloodiest tiny arrow wound I've ever seen in my many years of watching nerd stuff. It was fucking like water falling out. Like she got, in fact, she didn't get hit by an arrow. She got shot by like a 50 caliber bullet or something. Dr. Brenner, what kind of wound would you say that was in your expertise? Hello, it is me, Dr. Brenner. I've come all the way. It's taken me a while to appear on a rings of power episode. I was on this boat for fucking eight episodes. Mm, um, that happens here. But uh, from my professional opinion, yes, it appears that Brunman is suffering from what we in the medical community call a <laughs> terrible wound. I mean, this is one of the most terrible wounds I've ever seen. What do you think? Uh, about a B. Oh, really? It gets worse. My, yeah, my wound was worse. You think so? Yeah, I had a, my chest was a hole. <laughs> That's right. You were laying, I think you're still laying in the desert typically. Is that where you came from? Yeah, I'm zoomed in. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm zoomed in. Someone was nice enough to lay a laptop in front of me in the desert and I got great, great Wi-Fi. So terrible wound is your terrible expert opinion. Terrible wound. Mm. Well, I appreciate you weighing in on that. Thank you so much. If we have any more medical questions, we'll certainly call Dr. Brenner. Please do. I'm lonely. Okay. That's good. Bye-bye. Uh, <laughs> so she's laying there just... Gushing blood. I mean, <laughs> whoo boy. We, we, we were joking because at one point the scene goes on for like four or five minutes. And at one point, I forget which one of us was like, it was, it was shortly after the one, the woman peeked and was like, oh, they're out there. Yeah. We were like, what are the orcs doing? And it's like, oh, I hope they're having a cathartic moment in there. They're peeking through like, oh, that's a lot of blood. Oh, it's gross. I hope she dies. Put a, put a Bernie stick on it. Oh, they're doing that. Okay. Okay. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> Good, good, good. That's what we would do. I don't want to go in there and get the blood on my clothes. Yeah, we clean it up, French orc maid. I think we started joking like they're probably out there just yelling Nampat. And then right as we said that, you see the the, uh, the caption the is like Nampat, Nampat, Nampat. And it's like, oh, yep, there they go. That's their battle cry, man. <laughs> they come pounding and they break into the bar immediately. 
Yeah, it takes them no time. They could have been in that bar in 30 seconds, but they- I mean, know. it's just like a, it's a tavern lock and they brought a battering ram. It's in their defense. There was no defense, right? Right. They bust in, no fight whatsoever. Everybody gets a knife to their throat immediately. And I like how somebody had the wherewithal to put a knife to Bronwyn's throat, even though she was clearly incapacitated, like looking still warm. <laughs> put a knife to the prettiest one here. Yeah, definitely gonna. Are they Australian now, these orcs? G'day. No. G'day, mate. No. Nose cone. Nose cone. Nose cone. There we go. It took me a minute. <laughs> I apologize to our Australian listeners. It's just fun. To, you can understand. It'd be fun to attempt. Like, you can get that, right? They're cool. I, I was going to continue that joke and saying, like, put a knife to the prettiest one here. Grab Theo. <laughs> Not with that Farquad haircut. <laughs> he is a Lord Farquad haircut. He does. Fucking Lord. Quit making fun of my hair. <laughs> you cut it that way. I'm going through something. You don't understand. <laughs> this is the style now. And then there's, there's a long sequence. Um, well, first we cut back to Galadriel and the Numenorians galloping, which Galadriel loves to gallop. Galadriel she is a galloper. Fucking As long as it's in slow-mo. She's like, oh my God. I... Show them the meaning of haste, Galadriel. <laughs> she, she's and she did. It. She's leading the pack. She is alive in this moment. But here's what another editing thing. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to be a, a picker of nits. Uh, Pick it's them nits, boy. It's bright daytime where Galadriel is. It's pitch black dark where uh, uh, Theo and the gang is. Mm -hmm. That would suggest they're very far apart. Would it not? Uh I don't know. There is something definitely happening with the time because, you know, they, they get into the tavern when it's like you said, pitch dark, but it's, it's a weird editing choice. Like you either film them, the, the Numenorians writing in near similar lighting circumstances, or you just don't show them appearing until they're there at the end. You hear, like or the, you could have done that scene on the ground way earlier when it was still bright out. Uh, on both sides or something, something, you know what I mean? I, I get it. Um, Cause I mean, we talked about this last episode where there's going to, we, we were anticipating there was going to be some weird timing, 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 jetpacky type shit happening yes. because it was assumed you could see this happening a mile away. Like last episode we were like, yeah, the Numenorians are going to show up and save the day when the, the orcs attack this village. That's clearly what's going to happen. That's yeah. what they're leading to. So we were expecting there were going to be some weird editing uh, in, in this, that these, these stories aren't necessarily happening on the same timeline. Like they're just slightly off time, if that makes sense, but they're edited together to make the show work. Um, but I think this was, this was an example of them not planning that out as well as they could have. Yes. And it's a small yeah. thing. Yeah. Right? It's, it doesn't like really ruin the moment, but it is kind of a, it takes you out of it a little bit. It was an interesting choice. I certainly thought so. Mm -hmm. uh, but after the, the slow-mo Galadriel gallop, we cut back to inside the bar. They're stabbing everybody. And I actually thought that this was uh, pretty shockingly brutal for the franchise that we're in. Uh, and I liked it in the sense that like, it kind of subverted my expectation of how this was going to go. Cause I was a little shocked at first that they all just, captured them instead of a slaughter ensuing. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I remembered that Adar is looking for the blood sword is his whole mission here. And so they, you know, capture everybody and that's their way of like the orcs instinctively know what Adar wants. He doesn't say anything. I love that about this moment. Cause as soon as he asks Aaron near the question and gets a refusal, 
somebody off in the like back left just stabs a guy like <laughs> and so it's almost like they talked out beforehand like all right he's not gonna maybe end. that's why they didn't storm the the tavern it took him five minutes to storm the tavern they oh, were like, they're outside <laughs> let's go breach the tavern and everyone's like wait 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 guys hold on we, we gotta we gotta talk this through what we game plan do? this i'm gonna walk in there looking like a g and then when he says no i'm not gonna give you the sword i'm gonna look at one of you and you guys just start stabbing people one at a time Vrath. no Vrath's dead magrot Oh, oh you're Mag- dead too. Magrat said. Yeah. Uh, the uh, fat one. Oh, yeah. the fat one got crushed. Booger sneeze. I'm going to need you to stab. <laughs> <That's bad. laughs> I'm going to need you to stab whoever you got. Also, I'm going to need you to get some Kleenex. Mm-hmm. From under cheese. Next. From under cheese. That's definitely an orc name. <laughs> he goes by Fromunda. <laughs> of course. Yeah. His, his friends call him Fromunda. Yeah, but his best friends call him Cheese. <laughs> That's my sweet cheese. That's my good time boy. Good time, my rotten soldier. That's rotten soldier. Yeah. Orcs. Yeah. <laughs> Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. I'm so excited to be sponsored by BetterHelp because we here on Streaming Things have been big advocates of mental health and therapy for a long time, but we haven't known how to incorporate it into the show because it's something you have to be really responsible about. I'm actually in the mental health field and have been looking for a therapist for quite some time, but have been unable to find one. Every time I find a therapist that I connect with, they're either not accepting new patients or they're scheduling so far out. And my willingness to treat my mental health is so low that I just let it go by and don't think about it again for a while because that's how my life is structured. Sometimes I try to solve my own problems with my own mind, but when your mind is the problem, that's hard to do. So I'm so excited to be working with better help. Better help is awesome. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, it works perfectly. It's convenient. It's accessible. It's all online. It's very affordable and they help pair you with a therapist that can suit your needs after filling out a brief survey and you can switch therapists at any time. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash streaming things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash streaming things. Uh, but yeah, they start stabbing everybody. And <laughs> I'm sorry for Monday cheese is so good. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to they're going to kill Bronwyn because she's the prettiest. And he's like, oh, I bet everybody cares about her. I and exceed- I was the prettiest. <laughs> No, Theo, you got that Farquaad haircut. Uh, and I like this moment, too. I thought it was really interesting. Did you get the impression, as I did, that Aaron Deer was going to let Bronwyn die? Like he oh, understood, 100%. He yeah. understood the import of the sword not falling into the hands of Adar. And he was like, damn, I'm going to miss you. Mm-hmm. I th- and Bronwyn was looking at him like. I'm not going to raise your kid anymore. <laughs> I want that to be clear. I just When you go, so do I. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> but she was looking at him kind of like, don't don't give it up. Yeah. I think she was, she was willing to sacrifice herself as well. But Theo. But Theo is. He's bitch made. <laughs> yes. That's yes. how I put it while we were watching the show. Perfect put yes he just immediately shows his true colors you know you have to empathize there's also some money in the cash register and (laughs) once when i was seven (laughs) i slept with reina rhaenyra targaryen (laughs) that's a hot d joke he starts telling everything uh but i mean you have to empathize with him a little bit in this moment because i was his mother yeah this is mom like if i was in the situation i don't know if i i think i would probably do the same thing like don't 100 percent, 100 percent. here take this dumb sword it only works if it stabs you yeah i hate this it's real hurty stabby yeah have fun (laughs) by the way good luck yeah uh i 100 but at the same time the framing of the scene everyone's like oh man 
You're telling him? <laughs> what an asshole. You're getting the crowbar? Uh, but yeah, he does immediately tells him where it's at. Uh, and the whole tough part about this movies do this all the time. Like the, the captured negotiation thing, right? Nine times out of 10, they kill you anyway. Like Theo's clearly never seen any of these movies, right? Mm-hmm. So that could have been the sad happenstance of that. He gives him the sword, kills Bronwyn anyway, and then everyone else, but leaves him alive. Right. Cause you're bitch made. I want you to <laughs> suffer. That's what Adar would say. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, he goes and gets it, gives it to Adar. Uh, and then all of a sudden everybody, uh, the Numenorians are, are rushing through. And it was like a Jurassic park thing where you saw like the liquid shaking from the horses galloping near a T-Rex jumped out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It was scary. Mm-hmm. It was super scary. Life found a way. Yeah, it did. <laughs> the guy was just in the privy like, ah, and he gets eaten by the T-Rex. <laughs> that was a Jurassic park joke. Uh, by the way, the orcs fought. Until daylight. Not smart. I noticed that as well. They already put their, their sundresses on. Yeah, they had like their shawls and stuff when they ran outside, but I felt like that wouldn't have been sufficient. But it was, a, it was a small nit to pick. I wanted it to be bright when the Numenorians charged. I was just happy that they they kept with the continuity of them putting their sundresses back on. Like it could have very easily been like, oh, I'm just, I guess I'll tan today. Yeah, I'm not sensitive to light anymore. Mm-mm. I also liked that it kind of fell in line with um, Bronwyn's speech to Theo, her little lullaby. It was like the shadow you know, will pass and then the, the light will come, whatever it was, the quote was. And oh, yeah. the Numenorians literally brought the light, which is why I think they made that editing choice that made the time seem weird is it was the Numenorians had the light. Oh, okay. And once okay. they arrived, it was light outside, um, which just occurred to me and it changed my opinion of everything. <laughs> now this episode went from a nine to a 10. Everything's happening live on this episode. We're live, pal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, the orcs fought until daylight. Numenor comes in and this is when... Galati shows up. Ooh, baby. She dodges an arrow by like, it's pretty common in Westerns too. They would like hold the side of the horse and and gallop. Um, But she does it in like the most acrobatic, awesome way, like leans back, just holding on with like her left ankle, like, and effortlessly too. Like, nope, thought you had me, but you didn't. Yep. Uh, But good battle ensues. Elendil has like these, uh, like the flash, or like old Thor, maybe ears. Oh, the little wing-tipped yeah. ears. Yeah. Now, by the way, speaking of Galati, uh, did you realize? Let's talk about Galati as long as you want. <laughs> well, no, uh, listeners may recall that we put out a request for what we should call you, the listener. Like, what's a title we can give our streaming things fan base, right? Yes. And one of the, one of the options someone wrote in were Galati's. The Galatis, and I thought you would appreciate that. I don't know if you saw that one. I did, and I I love it. But I actually, I reserve that name for one only, and that is Galati. That's true. Yeah, I don't want to just spread that willy nilly. That's fair because yeah, her her stunts were like super super cool. There are also some really neat um, uh, fighting stunts that the other Numenorians brought in. I really liked the scene where the two Numenorians like hooked. They're on two horses, and they hooked each other up with a a giant chain, and they just ran down the main yeah, strip was, of the of the Steve town and was like up. oh shit <laughs> yeah oh sh-. <laughs> like they fucked them orcs up <laughs> what was that horror film that was it like ghost ship that opens up with like a tripwire being launched across a whole dance floor and it cuts like everyone in half and that's like the opening of the movie I've, dude you're you're bringing a memory back of a movie i didn't think i've seen but i'm feeling that right now i think maybe i did watch it but i, I have I'm no the- i'm no help I have no memory of this place. I have no memory of this place. I think it's ghost ship, but it could be uh, too much old Toby, man. Yeah. It's ghost ship. Yeah. 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 
I was going to say it again too. And I can always trust you to run a bit into the ground You're welcome. when I'm like slightly hesitant, but I, I think we should. You're like, I got you, man. I, here, here, here's, I'll let me take your stick. I will beat this dead horse. <laughs> Wait, it's alive. Stop oh it. no. Give it an apple. A sealed door. Um, and then uh, we see Alindiel go down, right? We see uh, Antimo in some trouble. Valentil's doing really well. Antimo's not not doing well. He's laying on his back fighting. <laughs> ah. Yeah. He should have been in the bar. This, I mean, that's what happens when you let redheads out in the, in the sunlight. You know what I mean? We have nothing against those folk. I, I'm one of them, so I can I can say that. I can make those <laughs> I, jokes. I've got a little red in my beard. I've got a little red in my beard. Uh, but Antimo's, or no, Antimo's doing badly. Valentil's doing great. Those are the two friends of a sealed door. Uh, and finally, it's a weird scene where they cut to the Queen Regent Muriel and, and uh, I guess her protectors, a sealed door and a stable sweep. He's one of them. And she looks at him and she's like, you, you can go. It was really weird that he's with them. Yeah. And she's the one that's like, hey, dude. I don't know if we've had a scene together. Um, it's like her youngest go. kid that wants to go play. And she's like, you were good. You've been grounded, but you've been good you're all right, day. Good. Go. You've been, you've been, you sat on your hands up here this whole time. You haven't said why. You've thrown zero expensive apples, which I was mad about, but you can go play now. Go you, fight in the war. You did confess it to me. And I'm he, very proud of he you. He charges eagerly in, slices down a couple orcs. Uh, his horse, Barrick, gets sliced immediately. Made Poor me sad. Barrick. Didn't like that at all. First, he only got one bite of the apple. Now he's wounded. Mm-hmm. It's not a terrible wound, but it's enough to make me upset. Uh, Alindiel goes down. It's just a scratch. I didn't even realize he was the guy with the ears on his helm. But I, I was like, oh, that must be an important character. They're really focusing on him going down. <laughs> uh, and that's why they gave him the ears, in fact, so that he would be recognizable. Now I get it. Um, he's about to die, but we all know he's not. Isildur's trying to get to him. He's Ooh, like, father, no. No. And Halbrand saves him. Stabs a, a, a with a spear? I think it was a spear. Yeah, yeah through a spear. Mm-hmm. He's a spear thrower. He's very good at it. And uh, yeah, saves Lindiel. Uh, Galadriel chases Adar. Um, who is it? Arendir that tells her. Yeah, I love the scene. Stop where she, him. She's like, hey, fellow elf. Yes. We, we clearly have Nux. much in common. Nux. Um, let's do the secret elf handshake. And they, they do like finger guns. Quinion, right? Quinion, yeah. Uh, and he's like, she's like, where's the commander? And he points at uh, Adar, who's, or Adar, who's just getting on his horse and trying to escape. And Galadriel, you know, she hoofs it. <laughs> literally hoofs She rattles it. her dags right after him. Yep. Yep. Um, and, and, and this is kind of an also, this was my strangest edit that I wasn't a fan of. So she goes after him, right? Yeah. And a chase ensues. And I think it's, some point how brand sees that she's going off after him and how brand's like, I will join the chase as well. Right. And so it's this dramatic thing. Like, Oh, she's catching up to him. She's getting close. And then it cuts to how brand who's in front of them coming the opposite way. Yeah. And I was like, how did he get there? Well, it was, that was the weirdest edit for he, me. He knows the land, my Lord. I guess he is the, the king took, that was promised. He took the shortcut. But you skipped over a tiny moment that I've been waiting for for six episodes. Oh, here we go. Where Aaron Deer, I don't know who comes up to him uh, and asks who that is. Uh, I think it's Theo. You're right. It is Theo. He's like, who was that? Looking all Galadi like. And he's Theo is love struck. And he's like, Aaron Deer is like, it's Galadriel. Commander of the Northern Armies in all. I'm getting chills right now because I wanted him to recognize my lady. Recognize greatness. Mm-hmm. And he did. And I love that moment so much. Had to point it out. A 10 recognizes a 10. That's you right. Saying? That's right. Game sees game. So they they chase down Adar. Um, we do a little horse trippy move, which I thought was rude to the horse. Yeah, uh, what that horse do? But that's what Halbrand does to stop him. 
And for some reason, Adar doesn't dodge it at all, but we know why he's actually a decoy the whole time. Spoiler alert. Mm -hmm. He crashes to the ground, rolls, and then tries to grab, pretends to be very concerned with the bundle that we think is the blood sword gets stabbed in the hand by Halbrand. And there's an extended sequence where Halbrand is about to kill him. Galadriel stops him and he's, there's anguish on Halbrand's face. Uh, I don't Do you remember me? I don't think we've gotten much backstory of Halbrand. Uh, as Not far in as this regard. This. Yeah. We are to assume from this scene that he has a wife and son that was murdered by Adar. Oh, I have, I have a wife and child. I have thoughts. We'll get to it. Okay. We'll get to okay. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are you going to say that he's Sauron? Cause I'm going to quit the show. <laughs> we'll get to it it's a well laid out plan right but you're right he did say Sauron yes uh, we we skipped a really good moment or I did rather Uh, I thought this was the ballerest shit that Adar could have said because he's so filled with pain and it it was a Daemon Targaryen moment where he's like do you remember me and Adar's like "Mm, no no I don't who are you are you important did I do something did I kill your family or something like or maybe your wife and maybe like a kid that hurt someone you love I don't remember that if I did. I'm having tinges of it. Nope. You're going to have to be more specific. (laughs) I do this like all the time. Oh my God. I've killed so many people, especially ones that look like you, bitch. (laughs) Uh, And then I said, ha ha next to no in my notes. Galadriel stops him and says, uh, one cannot satisfy thirst by drinking seawater. And he's like, um, what? (laughs) (laughs) Anything to do with what's going on right now. Also, I thought the sea was always right. I can't keep up with you folks. Yeah. What? Well, the, the sea, sea is, is not right, right to drink. Was it right when it killed uh, Isildur's mom? Did yeah, she that's, drown? A, that's a question and we need mm. needs to be asked mm. in Numenor, my friends. I have uh, I have uh, thoughts about the 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 judgment of the sea. Well, it's like the Zen cone. We'll see. Yeah. Get it? Yeah. We'll see. Thank you. I was waiting on that till I could move forward. <laughs> uh, we cut back to Antimo and Valantio, and there's this little comedic break where they're unimpressed by Middle Earth. I like the mountains. Uh, houses are shit. <laughs> and compared to the glory of Numenor, this village is quite shite, right? Sure. Um, and Asildor decides that he's going to go on the orc hunt with Valantil. With, so Galadriel's planning this foray into the forest to chase down the remaining fled orcs. Uh, she's just voraciously wants to murder every orc in existence. As you do. And uh, But Antimo has no thirst for battle. He says, oh, you've had your, your fill of battle for a week. And he's like, for the rest of my life, actually. Me and Theo are just going to hang out in the bar. Hey, you know what? I, I'm there. I'll meet you there, buddy. First round's on me. Yeah, I don't want to go on the orc hunt either. Yeah. Why would you want to do that? Like, just let him, let him be orcs. Waldrig's watering hole is really fun to hang out in. Yeah. Let's stay here. We still got to rename it, but mm-hmm. I like the place. I tell you what, I like it. And we cut to, after this, Galadriel and Adar, they're in the like barn and she's got him tied up. And there's an extent, we find out a lot of lore stuff. Uh, he's an Uruk, one of the original orcs. And many people might've known this. The, the orcs in my knowledge were you know, said to have started as elves twisted by more, you know, um, Sauron. Uh, and they were called the Moriandor, I think. So Morgoth fashioned them certain orc, uh, excuse me, elves into orcs. And he's one of those. He's an Uruk, which Uruk. again is just elvish for orc. I'm pretty sure. Uruk. Uh, and he keeps we correcting her. Uruk. I'm not an orc. I'm an Uruk. It's actually, if you say it quickly, sounds like the same word. It's not. It's not. I just want to be clear about that. Very important that you make that distinction. Because you're going to offend a lot of Uruks if you (laughs) you call them Orcs. A lot. You don't want that. No. Uh, And then he tells the tale of Sauron. He claims to have killed Sauron. Galadriel does not believe him. Is it time for your theory yet, Steve? Yeah. He's like, uh, do you remember me? He's like, no, I don't. Because uh, he doesn't look like 
Sauron. He's wearing the face of a pretender king. And you know what he did to him? He cut him open like he just said. He, he admitted as much. Adar stabbed Sauron and killed him. And uh, now uh, Sauron. Are is, you being serious? You're doubling, tripling I'm down? tripling down. And you're thinking that the anger welcome and recognition. Welcome to Triple Down Hotel, my friend. So you're, you're saying, just to be clear to the listeners, Steve is saying that the recognition of anger that Halbrand has for Adar is one of Sauron being angry at Adar for yes. betraying him. Yes. You hear, you heard it here third. Wow. That's actually, Oh, I'm on the fence, Steve. Here's me. Here's the fence. I'm on it. And he also mentions that, you know, Sauron devoted himself to healing middle earth by, uh, bringing lands to perfect order. He was seeking power, um, from the unseen world, but it wouldn't, the, you know, the dark knowledge kept it hidden from him no matter what he did. So maybe this is a Sauron that's trying to take a different tact, like the normal Morgoth esque evil that we're sort of used to prescribing to a Sauron wasn't mm. working for him. So now he's trying to do the more quote unquote, you know, noble path to try to find something there. He's being a deceiver. He's deceiving his way into these ranks. Does tend to be deceive. Yeah. He, he do be deceiving. Yeah. Um, You're kind of selling me on this. It's <laughs> juicy. Like the whole idea. We've always thought the whole, the idea of Galadriel being so close to her goal the entire time is juicy to me. Yes. Uh, but I, the last few episodes have taken me away from that, that Halbrand Sauron theory, but now you're bringing me back. You're like I'm, the mafia. I'm just not going to fall me for back these, in. I'm not fall. I'm not going to fall for these tricks, Sauron. Yeah, Steve's too wily. From, I'm too hip to your. Even tricks. once Sauron is revealed to be someone else, Steve is going to think it's a trick. Yep. Yep. I. I am. Uh, I have watched several who has done this films. So, <laughs> and I know who has done this. It is Sauron. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm. Like I said, time will tell, but you're selling me on this. Uh, so yeah, Ad Theo. <laughs> Adar resents Sauron, uh, says he killed him. He talks about the one, not in reference to the Matrix, but like the source of all life. And he's that's where he talks about his his feelings about orcs. We are of the same fire as you. We have every right to breathe this air. Yeah, sure, maybe not sunlight per se, because mm -hmm. they physically can't abide by sunlight. Owie. And I could see why you would think someone who can't walk in the sun without bursting into flame and burning a powerful, painful death might be evil but it's not true are vampires evil <laughs> yeah tell real me that are uh bats evil or other nocturnal creatures evil mm. Mm? but even bats aren't gonna burst and like melt in the light they just don't like it have you seen one do that no exactly i did have a lot of bat i used to have a log cabin there was lots of bats in it Oh, really? But they didn't oh, come that's out. right. We used to record the show in that log cabin. Yeah, yeah. They didn't have, they didn't come out during the day. They might have melted. I don't know. Uh, and then Galadriel foolishly spares him. She says, I'm going to keep you alive. And since I kind of, this was, this was, I know she is obsessed and not thinking straight all the time, but this is where the show was losing me a little bit, like writing wise, just a little bit. Cause she's just like, I'm going to keep you alive to watch, watch me murder every single last work. And I'm thinking that's definitely not going to go well. No. And it was giving me, I don't know, lazy blockbuster movie vibes for a moment. Like this, like maybe in the movie uncharted with Tom Holland, this might be a scene where they would leave the villain. You know what I mean? Like, I think they did that. Like I'm going to leave you alive. Cause you can see, so you can see me get the treasure. Well, it's usually the villain you. that does that, you know? And that's the one kind of cool thing about the scene that it kind of flips on the head is that the, the quote unquote protagonist is doing this and what she's, uh, you're right. What she's, uh, 
describing is a, a genocide. She's like, I'm going to just fucking kill every single one. And of it is something kind. a villain would do, which is on purpose. And that's when he said, ah, see, I'm not the only one transformed by darkness. And Galadriel kind of doesn't come back to herself yet. She puts her knife to his throat, says she's going to kill him now, just like Halbrand previously did. Halbrand stops her. Mm-hmm. I love when she pulls away too. She nicks his throat and he starts bleeding. Like she, that's how close to doing it she was. Yeah. She, well, she's also so in control because she's an elf. She's so in control of her body that she can like do a cut like that and not be even worried that yeah, she'll wh- kill him. What if he just started bleeding profusely and he, she was like, Oh, oh shit. <laughs> I was shit. trying to do a dramatic thing. I swear to God, I wasn't going to do that. This is awkward. Get some Alfred seeds quick. Oh, okay. <laughs> start shoving them in there. Get a flaming stick. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know. It worked in the last scene. T- Nampad. <laughs> yeah, it is Nampad actually. Um, and then, and then we get uh, a scene between Galad- Galadriel and, and Halbrand and they talk and she, you know, she talks about the tragedies that he's been through and Hey, I think you can be free of it. And he says, yeah, you know what? I think I can be free of it. I didn't think I could, but fighting beside you girl, that feeling. And she's like, I felt it too. If I could bottle up that feeling and sell it. I could sell it for so much on the bottle. It would say fighting beside Galati. What would be the title of this bottled perfume? It's got to have like a very like Numenor from Galati. (laughs) (laughs) No, it'd be Galati Batty as in battle. Galati Batty (laughs) from the brand of Numenor. From Numenor brings the new scent and fragrance of just feeling okay with yourself. Galati Batty. <laughs> but B-A-D-D-I-E. I kind of like that more. Galati Batty. <laughs> Be your true self mm-hmm. on the battlefield of life. You ever feel like you're never going to get over the death of your entire family at the hand? <laughs> <laughs> New from Numenor. <laughs> Damn, we could sell some perfume in Numenor. Uh, and then he's, yeah, I could be free of it. And they have a moment, a romantic, which you, you got romantic vibes, right? Like oh, that's obvious. For sure. Yeah. yeah. They're falling in love. Sauron and Galadriel. Uh, and then there's a cool there, knife wipe. She wipes the blood like, ill. get off my brother's knife. Icky. I do like the thing where she's like, thanks for pulling me back back there. And he's like, was you who pulled me back first? Mm-hmm. My God, he pulled you. <laughs> <laughs> and then Aaron, Aaron dear ran up, licked the blood off of Galadriel's knife. And he was like, yep, that's what blood. <laughs> And they looked at him. He's like, trust me. <laughs> I know. This has been a thing. It's not eye blood. No, definitely not eye blood. Mm-mm. But it's horror no, blood. No, it doesn't have the boogers in it. The eye boogers. <laughs> uh, but they do get uh, blocked by some sort of messenger that's like, Milady, the queen regent requests your Yeah, presence. the cock block messenger. Mm-hmm. The C-3PO of messengers. Yep. Halbrand has to go. The queen has requested him. And then we cut to like a bagpipe party. The after celebration of the war. I don't know. I don't know why I did Ghostbusters just now. <laughs> <laughs> you did like a banjo noise too. And when you just described it as a bagpipe party. <laughs> now I want to hear the Ghostbusters theme via bagpipes. When it's something strange and they're all just dancing around. <laughs> Damn, Pat. Um, so they're all celebrating. Um, we find out that this is not the first time, but it's the first time I really, really focused and noticed that Queen Regent Muriel had uh, breasts on her armor, which was interesting because none of the other ladies do. Gladro doesn't have that. So maybe it's a Numenorean style. Well, she wasn't actually fighting, so maybe her armor is more ceremonial. Mm, ceremonial breasts. They got she's gotta look good, I guess. <laughs> you gotta put the ladies on display. I don't know. Yeah, she looked amazing. Very regal. Very. But she comes out, and this is where she's trying to reveal the king of the Southlands. She's talking to Bronwyn. Bronwyn's like, oh, I did my best. And she's like, oh, maybe I'll help lift that weight by putting someone else way above you in the chain of command. <laughs> 
there's King and then former uh, bartender at Waldrick's Wet. You are slightly above Waldrick. Yeah. (laughs) Slightly. And anywho. Maybe not even on paper. And Bronwyn seems excited. She sees. So she sees Halbrand's sack that has his sigil upon it. (laughs) What's wrong with that phrasing? That's what he has. He's got it dangling there by his legs around his thigh. Oh, no. She looks down at it. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Are you the king that was promised? That We all know the king that was promised has a big sack. <laughs> He's like, I am. Look at this symbol. Oh, no. And he, in this moment, accepts the king, the kinghood. And they all bow. The king that was promised. The king we were all hail. Counterpoint. All hail Hydra. What? Counterpoint. Chris, if you and your neighbors banded together and uh-huh. fought off an invading horde. Yes. And it, some of them died. You watched some of your friends. You got an arrow in the chest. It hurt. Owie. Shoulder. Owie. But it bled a and lot. And some dude shows up at the 11th hour. They do help. But then they're like, hey, hey, we liberated you. Good news, though. Uh, you know that leader you've been looking for for mm. centuries um, or decades, at least. Yeah. What? Uh, he's right here. Found him. And he's like, ha, yeah, I'm your ruler. Bend the knee, you shits. Whole time. Would you would you be a excited and let out a, a mirthful cheer? Yes. B confused and ask follow question, follow up questions or C just uh, leave. What would you do? <laughs> I mean, I can't ask follow-up questions because it's a monarchy, right? It's not my place. It depends on if the person telling me this was the king had breast armor. Okay. So, in, which in this case she does, yeah. Honestly, in this context, yes. Queen Muriel has possibly the breast armor I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was weird that he's... That it's pe- a writing thing. They don't have time like, to get he, into it. Here's your king, and she looks at his little dongle that he has hanging off of his sack, <laughs> and she's like, oh my God, the prince that was promised they could have had a scene you know in episode two or something in the, in the bar um i almost said in the brothel i got a house of the dragon on my brain um in the bar where they were kind of talking about oh that, he's never going to show up like that's would have all it would have taken for this to work a little better but it's fine i get or, it or i'm even, just gonna pretend that scene was there or even if they like do the whole it probably was there and they cut it like we need another scene on the boat <laughs> we need to get them on that boat we need some more slow motion galloping Even if it was just a little bit more like of a trepidatious, like, oh, the king who was what my my lord. And they're like a little more confused. Like we don't quite need like because we've been fine. Yeah, we're great. I mean, a lot of us are dead and our town sucks. And our only business owner was actually evil. Yeah. Thanks for helping us out. But like (laughs) now now we're doing good. Installing a monarchy. One time one of our cows shot black stuff out of its udders. That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> you have a remedy for that? McKing? Yeah. How about that? McKing? A real king would know how to fix that ASAP. Uh, and then, yeah, all hail. I don't know why I have written in quotes after all hail. Here's the knife. Oh, uh, yeah. He, Aaron Deer gives, no. Someone give, uh, was, Galadriel gives yeah. the blood sword, which she thinks is the blood sword to Aaron Deer. And then we cut to Aaron Deer and Theo. He's giving him a pet talk, a pep talk scar. Sorry. He thinks Theo is really sad because he was bitch made and gave him the sword <laughs> immediately. G- yeah, and gave up the sword. Uh, he's like, ah, I've met many people as low and cowardly as you in my life. It's not a big deal. <laughs> That's basically what he says. <laughs> That's your new stepdad. <laughs> yeah, right. Look, <laughs> sucks to suck, man. Just. Just get over it. Just own it. And he's like, no, it's not only that I'm a snitch. It's that actually I kind of want to be evil is what I'm sad about. I felt so powerful holding that sword. I did. It stabbed into my forearm. It started to grow multiple times. 
And that made me feel important. Mm-hmm. Look at my haircut, Aaron Deer. Look at me. I need this. <laughs> <laughs> I need this. How am I ever going to get a girlfriend without a blood sword? There are no other girls here. Literally. Teresa died. I was really <laughs> sweet on her. Galadriel seems a bit out of my league. I'm, I'm going to go for it. Yeah, I'm going to try, but I'm bitch made. Let's be honest. <laughs> without a blood sword, will she ever look at me? And, and Aaron Deer's like, like no. well, you know what? That is a, a, an ill portent, if I've ever seen one. Mm. Why don't you take the sword? Be rid of it. I'm going to risk the entire safety of the world upon you feeling complete on this existential issue. And as a therapeutic salve, I'm going to give you the weapon <laughs> that cannot fall into any <laughs> bad hands. So you can give it to Numenor to throw into the sea on the way back home. Uh, but fortunately, unfortunately, that's not the sword. It's revealed to be a hatchet because Theo was going to look at it one last time. You know, the more we talk about this, the more I kind of hate this. Um, <laughs> Wait, which part? The, the Theo thing? The thing with the sword. Because... You're telling me that Galad- not one- Gladriel gets Aaron, or, uh, Adar, doesn't look at the sword, doesn't open it up. To not like, curious to see the item that he was running see, with. Like, what sure. is this? Because Aaron Deere at one point is like, he's carrying an item. He must he must not escape with it. She doesn't know what it is. So you, you're telling me she never looked at it. How about this? A warrior then, of millennia can't tell that that's a hatchet. She can literally see the sunrise an hour before it happens. She has she, elf eyes. What do your elf eyes see? What do a hatchet you, in a cloth. That's what the fuck it sees. Yeah. You should be able to like feel it and be like, yeah, that's definitely a hatchet hmm. in there. And then she gives it to Arendir. Arendir doesn't open it up to be like, oh. Who has thank, held the sword. Yeah, he knows what it feels like. He hmm. doesn't open it up to be like, oh, thank God it's there. And then, then Arendir's like, here, child, who clearly is addicted to this sword, mm-hmm. why don't you take care of it? I'm going to walk away. Gollum, you want to be really free of this ring? Take it. Take it to throw, Mordor. Yeah. I will leave you unsupervised. <laughs> <laughs> like, I understand if you're like, be rid of it. You fought. You go I'll walk with, you. Yeah, 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 I'll be your new stepdaddy and mm. walk you through this big moment for you. No, he's like, be rid of it. But uh, Bronwyn looking great. I got to go. Be I was trying to distract the boy. I need 20 <laughs> minutes alone with Brahman. <laughs> I got a bunch of Alfred seeds. Go play left. with your sword. You know, another thing we do Alfred seeds before, not just battle. I'll tell you that mm-hmm. I'm with you, but I just chalked it up to everybody's really, you know, b- battle excited. There's been a lot going on it's that battle high, not thinking much about the, the sack they're all high on the, the baddies. Uh, but Waldrick had it the whole time. It turns out the blood sword is a key. He sticks it in his forearm, shoves it in the keyhole once it grows to be a sword, turns it, and apparently it was a dam that unlocks. It turns on the water. And the damn dam. And we got a lot that was kind of revealed here, whether it was earned or not, it's for each man to choose for himself. But all of the tunnels that... I feel like there's been three explanations for what the tunnels are that the orcs have been digging at all this time. At least two at this point. they're hiding from the sun. They were also looking for the sword. And also, those are aqueducts mm-hmm. meant to once they find the sword uh take the water all the way to the volcano and set the volcano off that's what we call three birds one stone chris also They're just being very efficient they are orcs are clever Work creatures smarter not harder all right and i'm not a geologist but i'm not sure that if you pour millions of gallons of water into a volcano that it makes it erupt but i'm not actually it might the steam the steam, it also, you know, it looked like that uh, mountain Steaming was unstable. Uh, maybe it's like holy water interacting with evil lava. And yeah, that's so definitely it evil. Combusts. It's not your average lava. That's no, evil lava. This ain't your mama's lava. And so we get this long sequence of the volcano erupting and the water rushing down um, and then shooting fucking missiles all out of its eruption. This is the birth of Mount Doom. 
but we do get a little scene of Elendil, Asildor, and Beric. He's given a moment, a bonding moment of how to control a horse that he learned from his mother. Asildor's like, would you teach me, daddy? Like mommy taught you? And Elendil's like, no, you're a stable boy. You'll never be more than that. <laughs> but a stable boy should probably learn how to talk to horses. Actually, yeah, you're right. I'm going to re- retract that decision. But, I, but I'm not a fan of it. I'm doing yeah, it. I just want you to know. Doing it at a I love your sister more. Yeah. Also, let's talk about your sister. Um, I'm not a fan of Kemen. We got no. to break yeah, that Yeah, we up. need to talk about how shitty Kemen is. <laughs> uh, and then the well explodes. Water goes everywhere. Uh, they go through all the little diggy tunnels that they made. The volcano erupts. And yes, you're right. That is the birth of Mount Doom. One of my coolest second breakfasts is that happens right there. But oh, did I just ruin a second breakfast? I mean, probably pretty obvious one oh, that okay. I had there. Sometimes I, uh, you know, in Moria, they dug too deep. My second breakfast, very shallow digging. More mm. like the orc tunnels at best. Mm, at best. Yeah. Yes, that is the birth of Mount Doom that we got to witness in episode six. Yeah, it's really cool because uh, I don't know if we've mentioned this on the pod. I think we have. But if you look at the Southlands on the map, that's where Mordor is. On yeah, that is Mordor. Right. Yeah, that's that's Mordor. We're witnessing the birth of Mordor. Mm-hmm. The and door that's, of more. That's really cool because Adar was like, hey, these lands belong to us and you will find that out soon enough because he knows what Waldrake's doing this whole time. Uh, I do want to point out. And like, we like it hot. And we like it lava-y. Mm, the fire, it, the, you know, and now I feel sorry for everybody here because now the very air they breathe is a toxic fume. It's true. One does not simply walk around. One does Southland. not simply. In fact, there's fucking flaming balls flying from the sky. People are being smashing incinerated. Into people, literally. Um, not a good place. It, it shit's blowing up. It's super scary. There's, there's so there are a lot of scenes in here. Like this was actually pretty effective when the volcanoes exploding and all the, um, they're not meteors, but like the falling lava rocks are kind of falling down on the town. Yeah. It's like Pompeii up in this, that shit. This was super successful because the stakes were risen enough to where literally if they like lingered on any sort of character that's named, I fully expected a rock to fall. On them. I like, thought oh, Elendil might get smashed. I thought Elendil was going to get smashed. I thought, um, what's his name? Uh, um, Ama Ding Dong. Antimo? Antimo was going to get Ama smashed. Ding Dong is what his friends call him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the, the orcs start chanting Udun. 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 I do want to say there was, when the, when the volcano the explodes, there's this really funny shot. Chris didn't see it because I think you're writing notes, but there's a shot. It's The shot is focused on Galadriel, I think. And she's looking at the, the volcano with the onslaught, know, yeah. justified fear. But in the background, like right over her, her left shoulder, so on the right side of the screen, you see uh, the queen regent uh, and that actress has this face that's so fucking funny. Like, it's not the face is like, oh, my gosh, the volcano explodes. It's, it's like, the face Ugh. of someone going like, awkward, <laughs> Ooh, not good. Like, it's just, it was very funny. Sorry. Yeah. No, I wish I had seen that. I wish I had seen that. And the, the episode ends with the the, the smoke the the fire and the flames of the volcano just rushing consuming into the village Galadriel. And consuming Galadriel. She just stood there and took it. And I like the like more of the Clark is incredible, but in this scene especially, uh, she did a very a very good job of of like elucidating um, tables have turned. Like she's terrified, but also just so like ah oh, man. We we're so close. I had the fucking Uruk. I had the sword. We won the battle. Outbrand's <sighs> king again. I just planned a hunting party to go kill the rest of them. That's going to be canceled or at least moved back. That's going to be a nightmare Yeah, we, to reschedule. Reschedule. We're going to have to, you know, stop the repairs of the Waldrig's watering hole. <clears throat> I was really looking to see if that ale was still good. I was going to see if Halbrand wanted to maybe, I don't know, 
do some Alfred seeds and hang out, forge some rings. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but anyway, that's the end of the episode. Galadriel stands and just lets the onslaught take her. And now that brings us to our second breakfast where mm. we point out some things. We already know that that was the birth of Mount Doom. Kind of <laughs> Scratch that off. What do you got, Steve? Um, well, the, f- the first one's like very lay them all upon me. This is, this is the service level one that I have, which is, you know, there's a lot of Helm's deep vibes in this episode, specifically in the very beginning when the, when the orcs are marching, the tower, the tower. Thing. Yes. Yeah. That, that speaks very Helm's deep. And I'm kind of glad they kind of shifted the script on what that battle was going to be was weird. Kind of on the nose when Theoden, they cut to him going, so it begins. <laughs> it's like, he's not even there. Let them come. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I did like how they flipped the script on on that a bit where you think you're going to get this Helm's DP battle in like a smaller, DP. smaller fortress, but nay, the tower come a crashing down. Um, the other one I have is, uh, uh, when Galadriel is chasing Adar in order to get a, and I'm doing the little, I'm doing the horse jump. Um, she, in order to get a speed boost, she whispers and starts speaking Elvish to the, uh, horse. And that reminded me very much of when Eowyn does uh, the same thing in Fellowship of the Ring when she's trying to speed Frodo to get him the help yeah. he needs. I think she she's like ling do ling do ling do lie, like trying to get her, her uh, horse. The to word speed she up. whispers is Norolim, uh, which means run swift. Oh, it does. You looked that up? I did. Was that one of your Easter eggs? Yeah. Or but second I mean, breakfast? Yeah. Second breakfast? We, we tag team that one. Okay. Well, high five, my dude. We're like the Hardy Boys from the uh, wrestlings. And the Hardy <laughs> ah, uh, the, um, the last one I have is the water falling into the volcano was very reminiscent of uh, Gollum falling into the volcano. <laughs> mm, yeah. For sure. That's my last second brekkie. Stuff do be often falling in Mount Doom. You're right. Unless you're a Sildor mm. being bitch made and not dropping no Yeet rings. Sildor. Uh, yes. So the Mount Doom thing, Nompot in the black speech means death. So that's what they're chanting. They're oh, just going death, 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 death. I like it. <laughs> I'm pro. <laughs> pro death. Uruk means orc. We talked about that earlier. Udun, the titular Udun means, uh, or not means, but it's a Valley of Mordor. And so the, the, the area they're in becomes a, a region of Mordor called Undun, mm. uh, which is, so the flame of Udun uh, that Gandalf refers to is the flame of this area. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to know we finally have an address for that flame. Yes. Flame of Undun. So if you ever wanted to send the flame some fan mail. That spot where Galadriel was. <laughs> uh, Go back to the spot where Galadriel was. <laughs> from whence you came. Uh, Quenyan, we talked about this last time. Quenya is a dialect of Elvish uh, language, uh, as, as is Sindarin. And then at one point, I forget who even said, oh, it was uh, the, spe- the Braveheart speech of Adar at the beginning of this episode. He talks to, he was cheering up the orcs. He's like, hey, we've been through hell all the way from the Arid Midrin to the uh, um, Imin Arnon, not Ethel Marnin. Ethel Merman. Yeah, not Ethel Merman. To the Ethel Merman. <laughs> uh, so Arid uh, Mithrin is the Grey Mountains. And the Emin Arnon is like an area south of Gondor. Mm. Like near Osgiliath. That's so where the, he's just, the people he's, in Gondor, they retire at age 60 and they go there. They call for aid there at times. Oh, okay. But yeah, he's talking about, you know, two far reaches of Middle Earth. So we've been from over here to over here. It's basically... From the windows to the wall. And then Adar's like, to the sweat dripped. Never mind. 
<laughs> Those are all of my second breakfasts. Those uh, are good second breakies. Breakfasts. On to our old Toby segment, the finest scenes in the South old Farthing. Toby. I have no memory of this place. But your love of the halfling's leaf has clouded your judgment. Um, <laughs> your number three favorite moment in this episode, Steve. My number three moment is Gladriel. Popping off in that battle. How cool was that to see her ride into a battle? She's Don't so happy make she's on a horse. And then she's doing like matrix dodges like around uh, arrows and shit. And she's, sheesh. She, sheesh. <laughs> uh, she, uh, there's, they're really nailing the combat for her character, but they're not doing it very often. So when it happens, it's like, yes, more, please. I want to see her crack skulls. Yeah. Um, and, and, I, I mean, need more gladdy batty. In, a, in an action scene that had a lot of cool stuff happening, she was 100% the highlight. And I don't know if we talked about this last episode, but her armor is so cool. So cool. She it's looks so amazing, dope. especially with the braid. Yeah. Don't don't get me started. I can't do this right now. We got to get through <laughs> this episode. We're almost done. <laughs> What's your number three? My number three is actually the speech or the the lullaby, you know, reminiscence that Bronwyn gives Theo. Mm. Um, I'm so pleased. Uh, pleased so pleased to have a, a good moment with uh, little Lord, Far Lord Farquaad. And um, like I said, I, I got the chills during that moment and, and the whole metaphor of the Numenorean's arrival calling back to that kind of lullaby thing that she gives him uh, afterward, all of that stuff. So that was my favorite, my number three favorite moment. I, I, I love me some brown one, Steve, yeah. your number two. My number two is the birth of Mount doom. Uh, that was, uh, I, as a nerd who loves Mount doom, I like, I like a good origin story. I just realized it's kind of funny that Antimo is like, I like the mountains. <laughs> oh yeah. You mean the fucking volcano where everything's going to be centered you, around. You mean the mountain source of all evil. Cool. Way yeah. to be a dick. Wait, yeah. Too soon. A sealed door <laughs> or Antimo, whichever one said it, whoever you are, you all suck. Um, no, I love, as a nerd, I love a good origin story and seeing the, the mountain of, you know, such ill repute mm. like Mount doom, like go from this pretty beautiful landscape and then it just blows up and it's all through the, the, the evil machinations of this character. It's kind of weird to, th I'm sorry for interrupting you again, but it just hit me. So it's like, we've been through the trilogy of Lord of the Rings dozens of times, right? Sure. We've seen all of the pain and anguish, even in the extended editions, you get to see the scouring of the Shire, all kinds of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So many tens of thousands of people die in pursuit of this so much anguish, right? All can be traced back to fucking Waldrig. <laughs> That's kind of weird. Hey, it, it matches because a lot of the strife that happens in Middle Earth is due to the failings of men. So it's kind of on brand. That's true. That's true. But it's kind of funny that the man that failed was, I'm just old. Uh, I'm the one that waters down your beer so I can make more money off yeah. each cake. And I'm also I caused genocide. Accidentally. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know what that I was going to do. I didn't want him to kill me. I just killed that one kid. Even though in retrospect, what he told me to do was while he was captured and we had already won and I could have easily switched back to the good side. <laughs> I actually had no stake in turning that sword. I'm a spy. <laughs> I was a spy the whole what'd time. I do? What'd I do? What'd I do? <laughs> what'd I do? <laughs> he's, he's the Ted of this universe. My number two is the opening scene in this episode with Aaron Deere. Uh, fighting the army of orcs by himself, knocking the tower down. Uh, again, I love me some athletic elves. It's my thing. Got a thing for it. Doesn't, it doesn't, yeah. 
So that's my number two. Steve, your number one. My number oh. one, numero uno, is the interrogation scene between Galadriel and Adar. Really? Yeah. Uh, a couple reasons. I love the way it's shot. Dutch angles for days. Mm-hmm. I love it when a Dutch angle is done well. And I, I was a I was a huge fan of the Dutch angles. If you guys don't know what a Dutch angle is, it's when the screen of the of if you're looking at the frame of the film, it's like the camera's tilted, so like the the ground isn't even with the horizon, so it's like off. It, it's like you take the camera and just you lean it on its side. Mm-hmm. Dutched, uh, but because That's what the Dutch do, yeah, they're you famous know, for it. And their wooden shoes. They're famous for being askew. Uh, <laughs> I think the Dutch angles really work because they're filming in a barn that has like vertical lines of light, so the lines of light can yeah. be angled directly towards Adar or uh, Galadriel. Galadriel, depending on how you Dutch the angle. Don't you ever hesitate on the Queen's name? I almost said Morphet Clark. Oh, okay. Oh. Morveth. Oh. Um, and, and I like this idea. A, I, I really love Adar. I love that he's this character that I don't want. I'm not going to tell you shit. Oh, you're going to hurt my children. Mm. I'll tell you everything. Right. We deserve life just as much. Like he's the villain who has a righteous cause where Which we need. We don't get that much in Lord of the Rings. Like it's or, so black and white orcs suck. Sure. But like you, you know, the, yeah, they're gross. The hippy dippy person inside of me is like, well, all things do deserve life. Like maybe if you get them in a better, a better place, you get yeah, the orcs actually have a home that they can settle. Maybe they won't feel like they need to go uh, burn and pillage everything in sight. Right. Yes. Maybe they deserve that second chance. I don't know. Probably not. But like and then on, on the flip side, you also have our protagonist threatening a genocide with such zeal and and in a like a extra malicious, nefarious way. Like I yeah. want you to watch kind of shit. Yeah. And what she's, what she is saying, like, if you're just looking at their words, right, you're not looking at the context of what brought these characters into this situation. If you're just looking at what they're saying to each other in that moment, she is the one saying awful shit. Yeah. He is not, which is, and it's such an interesting scene in this world. Uh, you know, we also cover House of Dragon. House of Dragon, you know, lives in the world of gray, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas Lord of the Rings very much is a light versus dark type thing. There's very few. You might even say you get a gray joy from that show. Uh, yes. What is dead may never die. <laughs> uh, but it, so it's refreshing in Lord of the Rings to get uh, a morally gray scene like that, especially with a character like Galadriel that we know is one of the, the goodest of good. Goodest boy. The goodest girls. Goodest ladies. That is the correct answer. But my number one <laughs> is Galati charging in on the horse. Hell yeah, my just guy. Showing her skills. I feel it. I didn't go deep at all. No, you're just like on any of these. Pure the purest pleasures that I got. Pure id in there. Yeah. Just like that. More. I love yes, it. Yes, please. Coupled with the moment where Aaron Deer was like, oh my God, was that Galadriel? And I'm on I'm in my on your couch, like, yeah. It yeah, was. Bro. Yeah, bro. I'm amazed too. Uh, so that was my number one. And uh, with that, our final moment of this episode where we talk about the one performance to rule them all. Steve, I'm very curious. Can I try to guess who you chose? Of course. Because I thought about it earlier. I was like, who did Steve choose? Waldrick. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, fuck, I thought I of somebody. I was going to say bold move, Cotton. I thought of somebody. I think you either picked the same person I did, but I, oh, you were talking about it earlier with such reverence that I felt like, oh, that's who he's going with, that Ooh, performance. Okay. Who, who was it? Oh, uh, Adar. That's who I think you're going to choose. 100% Adar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joseph Molly. I don't know if we ever decided how to pronounce his last name, but yeah, it's 100% him. Um, again, he's playing such a, a layered, interesting character. So he's able, even though he's just kind of whisper talking most of his lines, he's able to just get across like all of this, this pain, anguish, this 
legitimate care for the, the ones around him. Uh, and, and that scene with him and Gladrill in, in the, in the, in the barn was so good. It was really the only scene in the episode that I felt like was all about acting and delivering dialogue. Cause this, this episode isn't, is very much about action and like, you know, hurrah and fighting and huzzah. Huzzah, we're doing good the, news. Everyone we're doing the thing. Um, so there wasn't a lot of moments I feel for a lot of characters to really kind of branch out and be actors in any extraordinary way. I mean, I guess when like Bronwyn's getting, you know, her, her medical. Yeah. Features. You could have given like, it to Bronwyn. Like sure. that, that stuff was good. I, I should say that, but, but I, I don't know. This was just such a, he's such a captivating character and this was such a captivating scene. I was either going to give it to him or Martha Clark again. Um, but I don't know. I, I think I just gravitate towards the nuance of what that character brings on the page. For so sure. It's easy for that, for him he's to a fascinating character. There's a lot for him to do subtly. Yeah. He's one of the most fascinating characters ever in this franchise. And was I that agree. your choice as well? No, uh, I, I, I oscillated a bit as well. I, I, I almost gave it to Charlie Vickers. Uh, so I want to give it a runner up to the guy who plays Hal Brand. Um, again, I'm that character. That's really, a good choice. He's very, he's better in battle than I thought he would be, even though we saw him like hesitantly. Oh, I forgot about the scene where he was like, don't make me when he kicks the guards asses or don't make me say, don't, don't make me say crush. Um, Oh but, yeah. That's right. He whipped ass in the streets. New but York. it was like yeah. that hesitant moment of like, I have the evil talents that you don't know. You're right. Oh, you're selling me against There's Steve. a darkness in him. I'm just saying yeah, there is. How did he teleport in front of them? Maybe the dark arts. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but I, I, I'm giving it to Ismail Cruz Cordova, uh, who plays Aaron Deer. I think, okay. um, he was excellent in this episode. I love the way that he carries himself as this character. You really get the sense that he's been alive for thousands of years. Uh, and he has like, he's really athletic. He's good with the stunt work. Um, and, you know, it may not be him doing the spinning kicks, but good on them. It looks like it is. And he's carrying himself. Well, um, and like you said, when he fell off the roof, that stunt was great. The whole fight at the well, even though I wish they had had swords, it bothered me that they didn't. They're, <laughs> you know, battle hardened seasoned soldiers. That Sometimes would, you got to use your mitts. Oh, like, I just don't see this elf who's been in hundreds of battles being like, oh, fuck, where's my sword? Oh, shit. Sometimes you do a little one too many Alfred seeds and you forget important things <laughs> like your weapon. Uh, but that scene was really well choreographed and his, his, you know, his emoting in that I, it was very tense. I was like, Oh no, your eyeball. And I felt that he felt it. And also the moments that he had with Bronwyn, like those seemed uh, earned and real to me. So I want to give it to, that's a good choice to that man right there. I don't know why, but I, I seem to always, I seem to always forget about or overlook Bronwyn and Aaron Deer in the show when it well, comes there's a to lot acting, going on but I think, show. but, but I mean, I, I, I think they're, you're right. Like you're hundred percent right. They both did a really great job in this, in this episode. Absolutely. It was a great episode. Would you say it's the best of the season? Like everybody's saying online. Ooh. Um, it's definitely, I think it's up the, there. It's up there. It's definitely the most repeatable. Like if I were to rewatch an episode, this is the one that would be like, yay. Yeah. The, the fighting. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Uh, we're, we're, let's bring in our coverage of episode six to a close. Uh, be sure to check out our Patreon if you haven't at patreon.com slash streaming things. We just did an episode on labyrinth. So fun. And everybody, we had a blast rewatching that. And, uh, I think Andy watching it for the first time, he right? Did, yeah. And, uh, a lot of feedback coming through that it's a really good episode. So if you want to hear that, you can go subscribe different tiers, give you different rewards. You can even be a guest on the show or become a member of our discord where we've got a few dozen people that are having a great time talking about different it's shows and popping movies off in there. It is. It is. Well, we, I've had, I literally had to snooze my phone because mm -hmm. Discord is it. just lighting up right now. Or email us 
at streamingthingspod at gmail.com with any thoughts or questions on the stuff that we cover. You can follow us on Twitter at streamthingpod. If you're watching this on YouTube, this is going to sound silly, uh, but you can watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash a bunch of random stuff. Uh, but just search streaming things on YouTube or follow the links in the show notes. And uh, and you can see these episodes, most of these episodes on YouTube in video format. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Steve is frozen and it'll just say frozen boy. Yes. But I'll be there just yapping away. There's definitely going to be some frozen boys in this episode. <laughs> couple of them. couple of them. My camera keeps freezing. Eh, what'd I do? What'd I do, camera? That's all the time we have for right now. We love you all so much. My name is Chris. And I'm Steve. And this was Streaming Things. shout out thank you for your patronage you have a beautiful voice i don't think i do oh <laughs> pretty good don't be so hard on yourself buddy eight out of ten eight out of ten would smash <laughs> well we're doing patron shout outs differently this time guys we're gonna do them once a month and this recording will last the entire month but in this month we will go over the new patrons that sign up for the month and also the patrons who upgraded their tiers that month as well mm. are you excited oh, to find that? out the cool people that, that did such a thing down. i'm very excited all right so let me introduce to you our brand new patrons for the try before you deny tier it's aaron layton and crystal trujillo Woo! hi friends in the marty p vip tier it's josh and anna marty b what did i say marty p Oh, Marty B, excuse me. <laughs> how fucking dare you? <laughs> I've been here for how long and you miss me? You don't know my name. The entire time, sir. You've given me a terrible wound. What if Marty B's like a Marty P, man? <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let our new chocolate pudding producers, we have Alex Fisher, Brittany Deck, Ember Psycho. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I'm surely not. Probably not, man. Jen yeah, L, Jess R, Mandy Spears, Shannon Myers, and Zach Suthers. Thank you all so much. Thank you, friends. Thanks, our, Bruchachos. And our final new patron in the Friends Don't Lie tier, we have thank you so much. The up Now we go into the upgrades. That's the road list traveled man these are the people that gave us money before and we thought hey what about more money for these guys because they're just so giving and full of mirth 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 all of it uh these people upgraded to the try before you deny tier try before you deny man andrew gray jen robinson casey mccain john collins kalisha reeves kate kiki and will nash thank you guys thanks guys and then these people upgraded to the marty b vip section thank you a wells adam horn adam raymond rk shenanigans barb caleb jeter carmelita valdez mccoy i love saying your name fully <laughs> carmelita because it's so cool uh chloe richardson cindy miller ray elizabeth Hub- elizabeth hubbard enza jimmy gad enza. john madden like the john madden isn't he dead uh yes well they we thought dead. We but he's thought, on the cover of madden 23 and now he's here to write x's and circles over footage of football players thank you jadinglage thank you Morgus. thank you katie blair kayla higgins it's me the french arc uh thank you lisa l marcus mills michelle moore nick nolte nicole cassis paula garcia sean callahan stephanie pagalis Suzanne Road and Sydney Day. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Merci beaucoup. And good night.